Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. You know, I I used to look at church, not this church, but as a kid, it was a drudgery. It was something that I had to do. I was fulfilling my my requirement and check the box and move on, right? I mean, I was was on the Monday and Tuesday before Sunday was ever over. Because if I could get that box checked, man, I was good. Well, guess what? I wasn't putting the church where it needed to be, which is the most important place on earth. That's why you're here today. We want to hear from the Word. Now, what I want to get into today is, is so key and so important. And, and I'll say this, the, the majority of what we're going to talk about today can be found in chapter 2 of this book. And this is not just a shameless plug for our pastor's book. This book, Refusing the Care, will change your life if you let it. Just like this book, if you let it. And we're going to talk a lot about choices today. I either choose to carry the care of whatever situation or I choose to refuse it. God's not going to do it for me. Just like you chose to get saved. God didn't just save you. You had to make a choice. You had to make a choice to believe the word. Okay? And so let's, before we get into to that, I want to lay a little groundwork here. Go to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, and I think we're going to see some things that are going to help us grow, because that's really why we get together. We want to grow, and we want, we want to see, I heard one minister say this, you know, we look at the scriptures to see how well we're doing, and then also we look at the scriptures to see where we can improve. Uh, never let the scriptures condemn you to make you think that you don't measure up. It's okay to let them convict you. Don't let them condemn you. The, the, the Bible and the Holy Spirit didn't give us the Bible so that we would be condemned and not think that we couldn't do it. Right? Let it, let it show you, hey, I'm doing pretty good in this area. And then also let it show you, you know what? I got a lot to work on. But praise God, I can work on it. I'm not a lost cause. Right? Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us, he's talking to us, let us lay aside every weight, comma, and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, if I look at that and I read it sometimes like the way I read it, and let us lay aside every weight and the sin, and I don't pause after weight, I look and I just think, oh, I can lay aside sin, no problem, right? Sin, the big flashing neon sign, sin, sin, sin. What about a weight? Weight doesn't have to be sin. And we'll get into this. Weight can be a thought, a habit, a lifestyle, a care. And you let that care grow. And now it becomes distraction. 
And now you've kicked open, you, me, we've allowed the door to be open. Okay? So we have to lay aside the weight. So you have to, we have to ask ourselves this question. Number one, what's holding me back? What is currently holding me back? Or what holds me back? What, what tends to happen? See, that's why Pastor is very uh, quick to tell us that when we realize how the enemy is attacking us, write it down. Keep, I'm serious, write that thing down and keep a playbook of it because then he's going to try it again. But you, you recognize it for what it is, right? You recognize, okay, that has held me back in the past. It does not have to hold me back in the future, okay? It doesn't have to. I choose to lay aside the weight. You choose. Now, we're moving into 2021. This is December, what, the 6th? 2021 will be here like that. Three weeks, and we're into a new year. And a year of light and magnificent victory, correct? And, and God has us in this vein and in this direction, and we're going somewhere. You know, God, God has it in line for this ministry and this body and this fellowship. We're going forward because that's who he is. He's forward thinking, always moving forward, correct? We cannot afford to move into 2021 with any weight, weight holding us down, holding us back. And, and the way I see this is that's kind of like limits. And the hardest limits to break are those that, that are self-imposed, are the ones that, you know, they're self-imposed, right? Limits are hard to break because they're self-imposed. Weights can be hard to lay aside because they're self-imposed. You think about it, the, the, the weights that are, if you want to call them easy to set aside, are the ones that other people are trying to throw on you. You can recognize those easier. But what about the ones that you're putting on yourself or that I'm putting on myself? I'm going to include, I include me in this as well. What am I putting on myself that I don't need to be putting on? I need to lay it aside because I want to move into 2021 full speed ahead. Amen? Turn with me, and we'll get into this specifically of refusing the care. Let's go to Luke. And you have heard these scriptures. You've heard this message before. But I dare say, unless you've got it on repeat, you're going to hear things that you go, you know what, I heard that, but maybe I'm not implementing that right now. But here's the thing. Don't let it beat you up. Don't let it drag you down and let it build your faith and encourage you. I can do that. I can change my thinking here. I can change my actions. Because as you're turning there, I want to repeat to you what God said to Pastor specifically about refusing the care. The Lord said to Pastor Steele, said, cares and anxieties are one of the primary doors the enemy uses to weasel his way into people's lives. The main effort the enemy is involved in is trying to get you over into care. Once that's accomplished, the door is open to whatever else he wants to bring into your life. No matter the circumstance, your job, my job, is to refuse to care. Now, that sounds great, and that's true, and, and that's the word of the Lord. But how? How? We're going to find out today. Because I, I can come up, you need to refuse to care of that and walk off, and you're like, okay, great. Thanks so much for that. How do I do it? That's why we're here, right? So look at Luke 21 and verse 34. 
This is Jesus now. And again, we're going to see this element of choice, an element of personal responsibility. And take heed to yourself, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with surfeiting, that just means self-indulgence, and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day comes upon you unawares. But that very first phrase in that verse is, is key. You, me, take heed to myself and you take heed to yourself. Because I can point out somebody else's care real easy. Real easy. But that's not what Jesus said. He didn't say, go tell your, your brother over there that he's caring too much about that. You need to go, go expose that. It's not what he said. He said, and take heed to yourself, lest at any time your heart be overcharged with self-indulgence and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day come upon you unawares. I heard a minister say this one time. He says, I've got enough to do to make sure my boat is headed in the right direction than to worry about whether what direction you're going. Now that's not, that isn't an attitude of, well, I'm just going to let you go do whatever you want and let you walk into a mistake. No, that means I got to pay attention to what I'm doing because in order for me to help anybody else, I must make sure I'm going in the right direction. I can't help anybody. I can't be a good brother, good neighbor, good friend, good husband, you name it, if I'm carrying care. Because according to what Jesus said, if I'm carrying care, I'm going to be drunk with care. And, and think, and I know it's a real simple explanation and, or illustration, but if you're drunk with anything, in excess of anything, are you thinking clearly? No. no. That which caused the intoxicating effect is what is directing your thoughts, directing your actions. See, that care that we want to say we're not carrying, if we are carrying it, it's telling us how to act. It's telling us how to react. That's why we have to refuse it. And how do we do that? We're going to get into that, but I'll, I'll get a little ahead and just tell you, you've got to replace that care with the word. You have to. And that's the real simple, basic, elementary answer. But that's why you have to be in the word and have to have the answer. Amen. That's why when everything's going great, and you would say that, you know, life's good. I'm not really having to, to really fight any demons at the moment, right? Everything's good. Okay, that's when we stock our shelves, like Pastor Michelle says. You take the word and you stock the shelf with the answer. Because it's not if, it's when. And that isn't a doomsday uh, statement. Life happens to every Christian and every non-believer. Life happens. But we have an advantage. We have the answer. We should never, and hear me, this, is, this can kind of be a strong statement. We should never be caught unawares because, number one, we have the Holy Spirit. And number two, if we're not carrying care, that day won't come upon us unaware, just like Jesus said. And I know he's talking about his coming. But think of it. Think of it. If I'm carrying care in any area, things isn't it interesting that if you, you recognize and, and, and investigate your life at any point in time that you were carrying care, did it seem like things just kept popping up? And you, you, you were just, oh, what's next? And, and 
and it would come up and this would pop up and this would pop up. But it really wasn't a surprise, but it was to you because the care had you so foggy. Whereas if you would have been or if I would have been in the word and had the answer and that thing popped up, I've got the answer to that situation immediately. That circumstance can't try to overtake me because I've already got the answer. But if I'm carrying that care of that circumstance, it just keeps tossing me and telling me what direction to go. And now I'm in a total state of reaction. I react to everything it's telling me to do rather than being proactive and telling it what it's going to do. Right? But if I'm carrying the care of that thing, now I'm the slave to the care. Okay? Jesus said in the last days, one of the things we had to be on guard against was the cares of this life. Now, I know what year we're in, and I understand that, and I'm not going to give a whole lot of honor to 2020. I mean, I, I get it. But would you say that 2020, and you fill in the blank, has tried to get you to take on the care of it in some fashion, form or fashion? I mean, I'll raise my hand and say yes. Because it's, it's, come, it's come against uh, your thought life, and it's like that, that ball, right? Just keep throwing the ball, hitting the wall. Diabolo. And take this thought, take this thought, take this thought. No, take it, take it, take it, take it, take that thought. You're going to get sick. Take that thought. You're going to go broke. Take that thought. Well, don't you see what's going on in the world? And do you see how over and over and over, that's why it's so important, and, and we do what we need to do with this, but why do you think our pastor has been talking so much about distraction and talking so much about not listening to those things that would deceive? Because the minute I give my attention to that, Number one, it takes my focus, and number two, it gives the opportunity for me to carry the care of that distraction. And the minute I begin to carry the care of that distraction, now I, I am responsible for propping the door open for the enemy to bring in whatever else he wants to bring into my life. And it all started with me getting distracted and carrying just that little bit of care. You know, the uh, exterminator was here not too long ago, and he was talking about uh, a certain building that he was working on, and they had mice. And he took care of what they told him to take care of. And he said, uh, that's probably not going to do it. And they called him back and said they still had mice. And he said, well, I know why. You didn't do what I told you to do. I told you to fix the, 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 the bottom part of the doors in this area and that area. And you still haven't fixed it. And so you still have mice. Well, a mouse, a mouse can get through a hole the size of a dime. Right? And how do pastors say, if you have a mouse, you have mice? Right? Well, think of it like that. If you're carrying just a little bit of care and you got a crack in the door, you don't have a care. You, you're about to have cares. <laughs> right? Because here comes the enemy and here he comes. And how does he, how does he attempt to come in like a flood? Well, if you've got just the door cracked a little bit and the flood comes, you're not just going to get a drop of water. Right? And it, and it, that, okay. It's like the more that flood comes, the more that door gets pushed open. The more, if you have it cracked just a little bit, the more care that comes and you take it, the wider the door gets. Okay? And now you got a, you got a house full of mice. That's how I saw that. 
And I don't like mice. And, I, and if you had a mouse or mice in your house, you would do everything you could do to get rid of them. Right? You would do everything in your power to get rid of them. If, if you had to go buy the traps, set the traps, empty the traps, call the exterminator, whatever, get a cat, I don't know. <laughs> but whatever it took, you would want to get rid of the mice. We need to be that diligent. You know, if you are carrying care and the door is open, please don't get under condemnation. But do whatever you can to eradicate that care in your life. And we're going to see how to do that. There's a word way to do it. And, and, and it, takes, it takes humility to do it. But I'm not going to get there yet. Jesus placed a worried, full-of-care lifestyle in the same category as a drunken, self-indulgent lifestyle. And again, I have here in my notes how quick we can be to point out someone else's self-indulgent lifestyle, but yet not take heed to ourselves. So don't be that person that is always pointing out somebody else's misstep or criticizing how they're handling a situation. Because I, I likened it to this. I don't know how somebody's going to respond to something until I've been under that exact same pressure. How do I know, unless I know exactly what they're going through and have gone through the exact same thing, which very often doesn't happen, unless I know exactly what they're facing, I can't, I can't be their judge. Amen. You just can't do it. You take heed to yourself. So then and if, if we're taking heed to ourselves and we're walking this thing out and we're refusing the care, now we're a witness without even having to open our mouth. They're seeing you, how you're reacting to that situation, how you're walking that thing out, and you're a light to them without ever having to go beat them over the head with the Bible, right? And there are some that need that. But by and large, people are looking to you because you're the believer in that situation. At work, you might be the only believer in your department, and they're looking to see how you're going to react. We need to be doing it the Jesus way. Amen? The uh, 20th century New Testament says this of verse 34. It says, Be on guard lest your mind should ever be dulled by debauches or drunkenness or the anxieties of life. Even being anxious. Oh, what am I going to do? Hold on. Slow down. Breathe. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. What, what was the word of the Lord? Just a real simple phrase that, that we had. I believe it was, and it's real simple, but it was a Wednesday night. You'll bear with me here. It's so simple. Once I get there and I read it, you're going to, why did you have to do that? God is not going to let me fail. God is not going to let you fail. He's not. He's not. And you have to have faith in the fact that he said that and he believes that about you. He loves you so much, he's not going to let you fail. So when that anxiety comes up, and it, and it can, recognize it for what it is. That's care. That's not responsibility on your part. Because anxiety can kind of morph 
And well, you need to be worried about that. If you cared anything at all about that person, you'd be anxious about it. You'd be upset about that. No, no. If I truly love that person, I'm not going to get into anxiousness and care about them. I'm going to believe the word about them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them, but I'm not going to carry the care. I'm not going to do that. Because then I'll have spent spiritual energy on a situation that I can't change caring about it. I can't care about the situation and change it. I can care about it and be anxious about it and it grow worse, but I can't make it better by caring about it. I can't. And the enemy will come and tell you you're being irresponsible. You're just, you're just using your, oh, here you go, using your faith again, right? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. I'm serious. That's how he comes to me. And he's trying to tell me that the word doesn't work. See, he's lying. He's lying. And why would I ever listen to a liar? I got to shut him up. How do I do that? With the word, right? And I can take that phrase and I can shut him down. I say, no, 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 no. My pastor said, you said through my pastor on a Wednesday night, God said he's not going to fail me. So you need to just pick up your bags and leave. God said he's not going to fail me. God said it's my responsibility to put pressure on the word. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put pressure on the word and you're going to flee. And my family is going to be saved. There's nothing going to happen to my family. My family is, is covered in the blood. And, and, and you're not flippant with it. You believe what you're saying. You're not just rapid fire confessing the word out of, out of fear that if you don't, something bad's going to happen. Don't confess the word out of fear. Confess it out of, number one, you know who you are in Christ. And number two, you know it's the answer. Because once we confess it out of fear, no power. There's no power in it. There's no love in it, Right? Okay, let's go here. Let's go to Mark 4. And as we go there, I've just got a couple more points. If we carry care, it causes us to be distracted, and then it dumbs down our spirit. And we want to have a strong spirit. But the more I carry the care of whatever circumstance, the more my spirit, I don't want to say it shrinks back, but it's not growing. It's, it's trying to compete with all the care that I'm carrying. And you know, the Holy Spirit's not going to scream. He's not going to yell at you to get your attention. Now, that care will. That care will try to out-talk the, the, the Spirit inside of you day and night. But that's where you and I, we have a part to play. We out-talk the care. And we do that with the Word, all right? Mark 4, 18. And I think... This, this really helped me in the first two chapters of this book. I'm, I'm telling you, if you don't have this book, get this book. It, 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 it so showed me areas that I can work on and my life can be better because of what the Word says, okay? Mark 4, verse 18 says this, and this is Jesus. He said, these are they which are sown among thorns. Okay, such as hear the Word. So key, they heard the Word. They heard the word. And then what happened? The cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches 
and the lusts of other things entering in. There's that, that key phrase, they entered in. Choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Okay, this is a preoccupied heart. Care will come, and you can tell, you can tell when somebody's preoccupied when you're talking to them. They're looking at you, but you're, they're looking right through you, right? Because they're, they're thinking on other things. They're thinking on that thing that they should have been casting onto Jesus, right? And, and again, we're not judging that person because we've been that person. Preoccupied. Preoccupied heart. Preoccupied spirit. I'm worried about this. I'm thinking about this. And don't let us use that Christian ease of, well, I'm not worried, but I'm concerned. Hold on, that doesn't work. <laughs> or, well, I'm not worried about it. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about it. Well, pastor has taught us that is, that is the definition of carrying the care. How can you tell if somebody's worried about something? They're thinking about it. You're rolling it over, over, and over, and over, and over, and over, and you're rolling it over. And isn't it something, at least in my experience, the more I roll over the care, it grows. It gets worse. And it, and it only takes minutes. It only takes minutes, and I'm rolling it and rolling it and rolling it, and it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and the enemy just keeps, man, he's feeding that flame, and it's growing and it's growing, and, and I am, I mean, I'm lost in it. I'm drunk with it. it. The fog of it has just got me, and it started out that small. But I rolled it over, right? right? Okay. This person is not necessarily malicious, they're simply overly concerned about the anxieties of everyday life. I mean, I have been this person in Mark 4, 18 and 19, okay? The word for cares here is derived from a root word that means to be drawn in different directions or to be distracted and is a synonym for the Greek word meaning worry, all right? And isn't it something that pastor has been talking about? Distraction. Don't get distracted. Notice the entering in of cares or worry chokes the word. In this case, the word took root and was bearing fruit. It was working, right? But care and worry came in and choked the word. And then what happened? The word became unfruitful. Why? Because of carrying the care. In each instance that we see here in Mark 4, the word was sown, the word was working. The word's never the problem. Okay, especially here that we see it in 18 and 19, it was working. They heard the word, and the cares of this world came in and choked it, and it becometh unfruitful. It was producing fruit. So you can be having a situation going on in your life, and, and, and the word, you've got the word working on it, right? I mean, it's working. The, words, the word is coming forth in that situation, and you've got momentum, and boom, here's some... Something comes out of, no, out of nowhere again. And what do you do? You take on the care of that. Your momentum comes to a screeching halt the moment we start to carry that care. It's not popular, but that's the truth. That, that vine, that vine that was producing fruit, that was giving you your answer, that was producing spiritual momentum in your life, the moment that we let the care come in and start choking that out, that vine starts to, starts to die. 
And whether we like to admit that or not, that's what Jesus said. All right. Luke 8, 14. Different, same, same uh, story, just a different account. Stay with me. It gets better, I promise. It gets better. We'll see our answer. But we have to lay this foundation to make sure that we're getting the full depth of what God is trying to say here. Luke 8, 14. And that which fell among thorns are they, which when they have heard, go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. One commentary says, and they do not bring fruit to maturity. Allowing care causes a lack of maturity. And think about that. The goal of the Christian life, we've been taught over and over by our pastors, the goal of the Christian life is spiritual maturity. That's that's ultimately why we're doing what we do, because we want to become spiritually mature and we'll never arrive to a full perfected state while we're here on this earth, but we can sure try, right? The Weiss says, and that which fell into the thorns, these are those who heard and under the pressure of anxieties and wealth and pleasure of a materialistic life as they go on their way are being choked and they are not bringing forth fruit to maturity. The expectation of Jesus is that we grow. The expectation of Jesus is that we mature. And isn't that what we want to do? Don't we want to please our king, right? How do we do that? By growing, okay? Ephesians 4.12, quickly we'll run through these and then we'll, we'll get to our, our answer today. And I believe that, that we're growing. I believe that, that we're going we're gonna to leave here better than we came in. Amen. Amen. So Ephesians 4.12 says, well, let's start in verse 11. And he, and that he is Jesus, gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? Why did, why did Jesus give those gifts? No, uh, verse 12 tells us, for the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry, here we go, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That means maturing. That's why all those gifts have been given to us. That's why you have a pastor. To mature you, to mature me. Not, not, not so that you can come and check the box. You have been given a pastor so that you can become spiritually mature. Hebrews 5 Hebrews chapter 5, we'll start in verse 12. For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see that phrase there, you ought to be teachers? We should mature to the place where we can teach others. And it doesn't mean behind the pulpit. We should all come to the place where we can teach others. Either by word or by deed, right? We talked about that earlier. We can do so much teaching 
and leading without ever opening our mouth. If we're following what the word says to do, okay? Now, one of the greatest enemies to this growth and advancement is the carrying of care. You know, that is one of the greatest enemies to our spiritual maturity is carrying care. And like I said earlier, it's because we think we're being responsible. Well, I'm being responsible. I I have to care about that child. Chapter and verse, please. No, I don't have to care. I don't. That's what a pastor, when he says he has an IDC degree, I don't care degree, that's not a I'm not compassionate. That doesn't mean I don't love you. That doesn't mean I don't love that person. That means I don't care. That means I'm not going to carry the care. You may have a person that wants you to carry the care, that attempts to dump all their care on you so that you can carry it for them. No, you don't have to. You you are not obligated in any time, in any area, for any reason to carry care, yours or anybody else's. You are under no obligation to do that, ever, ever. No matter, and, and that's where you have to make it up in your mind and in your spirit, I don't care. And that's not an attitude of passivity. Uh, that's not uh, uh, an attitude of laziness. You know, because we can get into that too, where, well, I don't care what they do. You sure? Are you sure? Because your, your actions, they betray what you're saying. Well, I don't care what they do. And then all you do is talk about what they're doing. Well, I thought you said you didn't care. Well, can't have it both ways, okay? Caring care will stunt our spiritual growth. It was the pressure of anxieties that caused the word to be choked, that we just saw that in Luke 8, and it stopped the production of mature fruit. The enemy cannot steal the word or stop the word from bringing forth fruit in our life if we will not cooperate with him. How do I cooperate with the enemy? Real easy. Carry the care of it. Carry the care of that circumstance. And, and like it or not, you are cooperating with the enemy. Amen. Again, would you ever cooperate with the mice that are attempting to get into your house? No. So why would we cooperate with the enemy when he's attempting for us to take the thought or prop that door open so he can bring in whatever he wants? Why would we cooperate? Because and it's 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 a thought game, it's a mind game. What's what's pastors say? Those that win the mind win the game. And some of you will will get this, but what's what's the the coach? He used to coach the Chiefs and he coached the Jets. Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. Nobody got it, did they? Thank you, Av. You got it. He was making a statement in a press conference one time, and they had, the media had asked him a, a pretty silly question, and they were questioning his tactics during the game. And this is when he was the coach for the New York Jets. He says, you play to win the game. Hello? <laughs> Hello? My decision was to try to win the game. We need to play to win the game, not to not to always be playing defense and playing catch-up. No, get on the offensive. Play to win the game. 
Get, I mean, however you need to see it. Keep the mice out. See, here's the thing. You get the mice. Let's say you got mice in your house. What's Pastor Marie say about certain situations like that? It's not so bad that you have mice. What is bad is if you let them stay, right? Now you and I, we've got a problem. (laughs) I don't have a problem if you got a mouse in your house. You got a mouse. Are you trying to get rid of the mouse? Well, no. Oh, hold on. I'm not coming over, (laughs) right? Pretty easy. (laughs) If you are trying to, to, if you have care, no big deal. But if you're just continuing to carry it and you know that you're carrying it and you think that you are going to change it in yourself, I have scripture for you and it stepped all over my toes. So hear me. I'll preface it. It may step on your toes. Let it. Seriously, let it. But understand, it will fix your situation. If you are trying to do it in yourself, that's pride. Everybody said, (laughs) that's what the word said, all right? Look at, look at 1 Peter 5. Lest you think, and you know I wouldn't lie to you, but I would never call you a prideful person. But if you're attempting to carry care and do it in yourself, the Bible the Bible says we're being prideful when we do that. 1 Peter 5, verse 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Okay, let's see why it's therefore. Let's go to verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the altar. Yes, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Sometimes we stop there with that verse, but that verse doesn't have a period. If you see, it's got a colon. So we continue there. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Humility casts care. That's what we see here. Humble people cast their care. Prideful people carry it. And I read that, and I was like, oh, my goodness. So every time I try to take care of it, take care of it. Hear that? Take care of it. Hold on to it. Own the care. Take care of it. That's my pride. Thinking I can do better than he can. Now, nobody in their right mind that would call themselves a believer would ever say that they can do it better than God. But every time we carry the care of it, we're essentially saying, I can take care of this. You, you don't need to get involved. Bible says very plainly, casting all. You see that three-letter word, A-L-L? And, and you've come here long enough, you know what that means, all. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. One of the most prideful things we can do is to carry care. We're telling him we don't need your help. I need God's help in every area of my life, every minute of every day. That's why his mercies are new every morning. (laughs) I can go to him anytime, 
any day, any time, and cast all my care. But here's the thing. Once I cast it, he doesn't just hold on to it. If I want to take it back, I can. He lets me. I've done it. You can cast it and take it back. Cast it and take it back. That's a yo-yo. That's not, that's not how God designed this. He wants to take it. You're not designed, I'm not designed to carry it. You weren't designed that way, and you never will be designed that way. He is. Amen. That's why he says cast it all, okay? Think about this. Think about the society and the world that we live in, and outside of viruses, but think of, think of like other sicknesses. What's the number one source of that sickness? Stress, pressure, care, right? Anxiety, okay? Now, viruses, there's not a whole lot you can do about other than just keep yourself clean and away from it if you can and believe God and use the word. But this other stuff, stress and pressure, well, that sounds a whole lot like carrying care to me. Amen. Okay? We're not designed to carry that care or that worry or that burden. And I know I'm, I'm repeating myself, but it's that important. Because I know I heard this message three or four years ago. And guess what? I can, I can go through here and start checking off all the things I think I can do. Or I can go down the list and all the things I've been trying to do on my own. And you say, you? I say, yep, <laughs> me. So I know if I'm trying to do it, at least one of you is attempting to handle some situation in their life that they need to turn over to him because he said he wants you to do that. He wants to carry it for you. It's not like it's a, it's a, it's a, a burden or a, a putting him out to carry it. He instructs us, commands us to cast the care to him. Okay? Because he cares for us. He loves you that much. That's where we can say, God won't let me fail. He loves me too much to let me fail. But I have to put this qualifier in here. If I cast all my care to him. Amen. Right? If I believe he won't let me fail, I'll cast all my care to him. But if I think there's something iffy with that, well, then I, I better take care of that. I mean, I know you said that you'd take care of this, but I got this over here. It doesn't work that way. Look, look at something, and it'll help explain that. Look at, uh, we wanted to go, see, you got me to jumping ahead, and now I need to work backwards. Go to Luke 10, and we'll start to wind this down, because I know we need to, we need to take communion, but when we take communion today, I believe that we're going to, whatever care we might be carrying, we're going to run it off because we're going to make the choice. We're going to make the choice to refuse to carry it any longer. And we see this choice in Luke 10, and let's start in verse 38. Now, it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. 
and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. (laughs) And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, you are careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. What's that one thing? The Word. The Word. The Word. Mary loved Jesus. She wanted to serve Jesus. But she made a decision not to be full of care and chose to receive the Word. She made a choice. I mean, do you think, do you think that it was, do you think Martha, I mean, we don't see that. But do you think Martha was verbally saying, what are you doing? We got Jesus over here. I need your help. Don't you think you should be in here helping me in this kitchen? Why, what, what are you, what are you gonna, why are you sitting at his feet? Come on, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. Trying to get her to enter into care. Right. Trying to get her care to become her care. She made a choice, said, nope, I'm not doing that. And didn't care what Martha thought. She did not care. She did not care what somebody else thought about her decision to receive the word. I don't know what it takes for each and every one of us in here to do what we've got to do to receive the word, but don't you dare take care of what somebody else might think about it. If you got to be in this service, that service, you got to study during this time, that time, now, Again, hear me with balance in your mind. But don't let somebody, well, don't you go to church enough? I mean, really? You were just there last week. (laughs) Yes, I was there last week, and I'm going to be there this week. But weren't you just there? I mean, can't you come do this? Listen, you don't know what I got going on. I need this, right? Don't, don't, don't try to talk me out of my answer. I understand you got a lot going on. And guess what, Martha? You could, put those, you could put those dishes down and come with me and come sit with me at the feet and get your answer too. But I can't choose for somebody else. I got to take heed to myself, right? I got to choose for me. Care caused Martha to have an attitude that moved her away from and caused her to miss the word that would cause her to mature. I don't want to carry anything that's going to cause me to miss what God has for us. I don't want to do anything that stunts my growth. See, God's not stunning my growth. If if I am stunted spiritually, it's not him. It's not the word. How does it go? Where's the common denominator? Who's the common denominator in every situation? I see someone with both hands raised. Me too. (laughs) Right? You and I, we are the common denominator. What are we choosing? Finally, let's go to Philippians 4 as we wrap this up. And we want to take communion. And gentlemen, if you want to go ahead and and, uh, pass out the elements while I read this scripture... And you all, we all know that this scripture is in the Bible. And we've even quoted it. I'm sure you've quoted it over circumstances. But you have to examine. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. 
you have to examine, okay, do I really believe it? I know it's in the Word, but do I believe it? Philippians 4 and verse 6. Be careful for no thing. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Louise says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all power of comprehension, shall mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. In order for the peace of God to mount guard over my heart and over my mind, I've got to stop worrying about even one thing. Small or big. I got to stop it. You got, you got to stop. I'm in charge of whether I worry or not. Believe it or not, I'm in charge whether I worry about that situation. I'm in charge of whether I worry about my checkbook. I'm in charge whether I'm, I worry about my job. I'm in charge whether I worry about my health. I'm in charge. I am in charge. And, and that flies in the face of a lot of religion that says he's in charge. Now, he, God is, but he's in charge of what I let him be in charge of, right? If I cast the care to him, okay, he carries it. If I hold on to it, he's not trying to take it. He's not saying, well, I'm going to fix it anyway, even though you're trying to. No, that's not what he does. And religion likes to, see, think of healing in this. Religion likes to say, well, you know, uh, he'll heal you if it's his will. But if it's not, eh, must not have been his will. So, because ultimately, God's in charge. He's sovereign. Hold on. We, we see it in the word plainly, and this isn't healing school, so I'll keep it brief. But it, it's a good illustration for what we're talking about. Jesus healed them all. Jesus healed them all. Jesus healed them all. Jesus healed them all. It was, and he only did what the Father told him to do. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you say it's his will to heal every time and to heal all every time? Okay, so then how is it that some might say, well, sometimes he will, sometimes he won't? It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Worry is a choice. Refusing to worry is also a choice.